Hey y'all, welcome to Heart Talks. I'm Peter, this is my good friend Wesley Fagan, and we are going to talk this week about what it means to be radical, that steady is the new fast, faithful is the new radical. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we dive into that subject, um, part of what we wanna do is I want you to get to know those people who are running with us. We are, uh, I believe God is raising up an army of people to run with the gospel in local churches, in the marketplace, in homes. Uh, and Wesley's one of these guys that God has brought to us. Um, just an amazing man of God. And so, man, glad you're here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Tell everyone how we met, kind of that story um, that just really connected our hearts and how that how that went down. Because there, there really is, in our connection, there's some revelation of kind of being you know, steady or faithful yeah. or, or not just jumping to the gun. So, yeah. Um, I first heard, I didn't hear about Braveheart or anything. And I first heard you speak at a 2019, 2020 new year event, which you were like dead sick. I found yeah, out later. I had the flu. <laughs> um, I didn't know you were sick, but I came, I had been in ministry for a while and was just really burned out. Just felt really done. Didn't know what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like I hit a wall, but it was like, I don't know what this wall is, and I don't know what I don't know, but I know there's a missing piece. Mm. And um, I heard you speak, and you talked about the gift of righteousness, and I remember, I remember thinking, I'm, I, I, didn't even, I don't know if I've told you this, but there were several times where I was thinking, I didn't know righteousness is a gift, and then you would say, a lot of you probably didn't know righteousness is a gift. And I was like, that happened so many times. Mm. And I remember thinking, this is wild, you know? And so by the end of it, I was just, I was rocked. And um, I went home and I went, I was staying with some friends and I was joking about, I think I got saved tonight, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we were all laughing about it. But I was like, I, I was like, truly, I don't know if I understood the gospel. I didn't understand the why behind the gospel. Like I had just missed it. I was like, I don't know how I missed it. I grew up in the church my whole life and in ministry. I was like, I missed it. I don't know how, but anyways, but what, that was- But what did you feel? Let me interrupt, because yeah. that, that's a phrase that we hear a lot, testimonies coming in. People are like, man, I feel like I got saved again. Yeah. What does it describe that feeling that made you even say that? Because you were obviously saved. You were right. born again. Yeah, you, yeah. you know God. You heard his voice. But there's this- something that you felt, try to describe that for people so they may have like this aha moment, like, oh, wow, I've experienced that as well. Yeah, I think, you know, it might be different for everybody, but for me specifically, with the gift of righteousness, in my mind, and I wouldn't have said this, but in my mind, Jesus died on the cross and made a way for me to now work to be as righteous as he was. Mm. Like, and, and what did that, how did that make and, you feel? And what would happen is the more I tried, the more I realized I couldn't. And so then it's just downward spiral of now I need to do more, but I feel more distant. And so now I'm doing more and more distant, but I need to do more to get closer, but I'm feeling distant. And so then it's just this, it doesn't work. Hmm. And so I remember, I remember sitting there thinking, and I actually, I journaled this the next day and I was like, Lord, did you actually give me your righteousness? Like, am I actually that righteous? And I remember I, I journaled and I was like, Lord, it feels heretical to say that I can't work for my righteousness. Mm. And I remember the Lord said, he was like, Wesley, 
how hard would you have to work for my righteousness? And I was like, I was like, oh, snap. Like I, and I remember that verse about that our righteousness is as dirty rags to him, mm. you know? And so the Lord's like, it's my righteousness. How hard would you have to work for my righteousness? And I was like, Lord, that's impossible. Mm. He's like, yeah, it's impossible. Wow. And so to me, that was, that was the yoke that was easy and the burn that was light that was like, wow, if I'm actually, if he actually gave that to me and actually made a way for that, now I can live in that. Mm. And that was freedom, and that was good news. Mm. And when you say live in that, it's also proximity to him. So oh, yeah. You, it was like it brought you, that revelation brought you close to God. And so now, if I'm hearing you, it was like you could live the Christian life with him mm. instead of, and through him, yeah. instead of trying to get to him. For him. Yes, exactly. Before I was living it for him. Yeah. And I was with him, you know, it's with him for him, but yeah. now it's like, it's with him, as him, through him, yeah. to him, and it's, yeah. it's him. Well, and that's the very essence of the gospel, right? Is that it brings us close to God in an awareness of his presence, the ability to commune with him, right? Yeah. The, the very essence and core of the gospel is that when you're lost, it brings you close, but when you're saved, it also brings you even closer, right? Right. That there's measures of, of experiencing the nearness of God in his presence, and so yeah. I love that. It's so, so okay, so then what happens? So you have this kind of born again, again moment. Born again, again. Yeah, so I remember right away I wanted to, I was like, I need to tell them about this. And so I didn't even know, actually, this wasn't right away. It was probably a couple weeks in because I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. Like, and I wasn't really worried about it. I was just enjoying life with the Lord, you know? Mm. And I was like, I need to tell them about this. And so I found out about Braveheart and I was sitting down to go write an email and the Lord was like, no. And I specifically felt it like a check in my spirit that I needed to walk in it and live it. Because I was wanting to share a testament of like, hey, I got super impacted. And the Lord is like, like wait till there's fruit. Mm. And so that was, again, that was December of 19 slash January of 20. And so I think around February, March, I found back to the gospel and read that. And I, was, I read it in one day. Like I just breezed wow. through it. Read it on a plane ride and in an airport layover. And so that was just really impacted me. And again, I was like, I'm going to, and I'm like going to write an email about like, and the Lord was like, no. And so it just kept being this thing. And it was, I think my heart was in the wrong place. And I wanted to just be this like, I'm transformed. And the Lord was like, put roots down and live this out. Mm. And, um, and that lasted all the way until November. So that almost was a year. November, we did Cultivate. And the same thing, I came to Cultivate Conference. I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, can I come to Cultivate? He's like, yes. Came to Cultivate radically. Like, I, I got rocked at Cultivate. And y'all were like, send us emails with testimonies or whatever. And I was like, again, going to write a testimony. And the Lord was like, no. And I said, Lord, until when? And the Lord said, till January. And so it had been a full year. Wow. And so for me, it was like, I realized something of the importance of walking in something and being faithful in something and rooted in something mm. and not just trying to, I don't even have language for it. Like the Lord can do a deep work in us. And sometimes we want to just go tell people, but mm. I think living it out and actually becoming the message is far more yeah. impactful to people yeah. and to us even. Yeah. 
Well, you're describing, Mark, for the, there's a group of people who receive the word at once with joy, mm -hmm. but it says they have no root in themselves. Yeah. And so that when the sun shines on them and persecution, tribulation comes, it withers and dies. Yeah. And I think that's what the Lord was saying mm -hmm. to you. It was like, hey, because wow. he mentioned to you, I want, I want it to be rooted. I want it to bear fruit. Yeah. Then the thing is established, you know? Yeah. And I think some people equate the joy of receiving the word with the fruit. But mm. the joy of, of yeah. receiving the word is actually just the planting of God's right. divine word in us. But then it takes time, perseverance, faithfulness to actually steward what he's given us. Yeah, that's good. And, and I think it's worth mentioning, you know, you walk out this year-long journey. When you finally reached out to me, from my perspective, I couldn't have put the words on this. But I could tell there was a difference in how you communicated than how maybe other testimonies I get mm -hmm. or other people, there was a, it, it was more substantive. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's why we connected is there, there felt like a kindredness that this mm -hmm. wasn't just, hey, my life's been impacted by this, but you had been walking in it for a season. Yeah. And I think that really opened my heart to you to want to serve you, to want to mm -hmm. help you know, what you were doing. And so share a little bit of that about that journey because that ties yeah. in with with our heart and, and the local church and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually in January, because like I said, the Lord said until January, and in January, the Lord put it on my heart to do, to take my youth group, so I'm a youth pastor at a local church um, in Fort Worth, to take the youth through like the freedom with God, just to really dive into the gospel. And so that was really there, there was life on that. And so I think when I reached out to you, I think I shared a testimony of what the Lord had done. And then I reached out and just shared about, I would love to connect and get your heart on how would you take a 40 day, you know, video course, freedom with God and adapt it to youth. Yeah. Um, and so we talked about that and I think that was our, we did a zoom call or something. Yeah. And that was really good. And so over the next couple months, I kind of made a plan and we did a, we went through it and it was really good. And I mean, the youth were impacted too. And it was really cool at that point because I had been living, you know, as best I could, right? I'd been living in it for over a year. And so the, the youth weren't just hearing a message, but they could, it impacted them and they could mm -hmm. see it. And I think that's, it wasn't just the youth, even it's the staff and it's friends mm -hmm. and family. And so it becomes, it becomes where you become the message. And so by yeah. the time that I was teaching it and preaching it, it wasn't just words. Right. There was an internal reality that, that was reflecting on the outside as well. Right. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so, so we connected, and this is just a sidebar. You know, one of, we, we do a couple things with Braveheart. We, we do discipleship under Christ -like likeness. Uh, we strengthen the local church. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I connected with you, um, that's something just to share with everyone watching. If you're a pastor, a leader, um, we really want to serve you and connect with you and, um, and, and see, you know, if there's a need in your community for uh, just gospel-focused, gospel-centered mm. discipleship. Yeah. Man, that's what fired me up about you, being yeah. in a church, going, man, I want to serve you however I can. Um, if this content has impacted you, to see it impact your youth right. would be amazing. And so, um, so let's let's talk about. So we went to Ohio. You did the the Braveheart uh, intensive mm -hmm. uh, this summer, which you can talk about. Um, 
And then we went to Ohio. And so I shared this on the gospel perspective uh, earlier about just um, Stead being the new fast. Yeah. And I wanted to unpack that because this is something in our culture that is, you know, it's not, it's not sexy. It's not, yeah. it's not perceived as flashy, mm-hmm. as cool, like steadfast. Like what a, <laughs> what a very yeah. benign seeming word, yet there's such supernatural yeah, for sure. power in it. So from your perspective, like the trial of getting from Cincinnati to Dallas, like what did that look like? And yeah, just, just speak into that from, from where you were, where you were sitting. Yeah, it's interesting because we were, we were there for a weekend. Well, we we're supposed to be there for just a weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were supposed to fly out Sunday afternoon, and then our flight got delayed till Sunday night, and then got canceled. And so, you know, sat, Sunday night through Monday, we're redoing flights and all this. And then Monday, we're on a morning flight, which gets moved to afternoon, then gets canceled again. And so now we're driving Monday afternoon. We left, I don't remember, we left at like 3 p.m. or something, mm-hmm. and we're going to get in Dallas at 6, 6 in the morning. You know, it was like a, we were like, are we really doing this kind of thing? But I remember there was this thing that, and, then, and by the way, the next morning I was supposed to be kicking off youth camp Monday morning. And mm-hmm. everyone, several of us had things, you had things, people had things we needed to be back for. But there was this you had mentioned about Stead is the new fast. And I think there was just this like group consensus that it's in the Lord's hands and we're just going to walk with him and it's going to be okay. And our job is to smile through it. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and when you understand it's in his hands, you can smile through it. Mm. And I felt so much joy and peace, even in the midst of I don't, we were in the airport like nine hours. Like it was yeah. so bad. Was so long. If you look back, it's like, oh my gosh, what were we doing? But we were worshiping. We were praying for people. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just, we were allowing the Lord to work through it. And if, and if we don't understand that he's faithful, mm-hmm. then, we, then we should be in the airport stressed out figuring out a plan because it's in our own hands. Yes. But when we understand that he's faithful, mm-hmm. then we can do what we can do, but we still trust him and we can be having a worship time and people from around the terminal were coming and joining our time of worship and it was super cool. Yeah. And I'm like, this doesn't happen if you don't understand. Right. If we had been so consumed with trying to get home, with trying to make it happen, we wouldn't have been in a posture to have time and space to go, wow, we actually have time and space to worship the Lord, right. to, to fellowship with, together and really yeah. redeem the time. Yeah. Um, so I want to read this scripture in Psalm 37. It says this, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Hmm. Befriend faithfulness. What a cool phrase. Yeah. Or the other translation says, and feed on faithfulness. And so we were having lunch a few weeks ago and we were talking about our culture and like Gen Z, millennial, I'm millennial, you're, I don't know. I'm what actually are. right on the edge. Yeah, I don't know what I am. So you're a great person to ask. You can go, <laughs> you can flip flop. My friends you know, are on both sides. There's something I think about specifically the younger generation perhaps has not a great value for doing the same thing over yeah. and over. Like that's viewed as boring mm. or traditional yeah. or 
man, that's not exciting enough. Mm -hmm. um, so what does it look like to you? Like, what are some of the challenges that our generation is facing in befriending faithfulness? Like, like first of all, like start with like, what's the perception of just being steadfast and being faithful? And what are some enemies that you see being a youth pastor? Yeah. Um, and just in your own life of, of really faithfulness not being esteemed or valued um, or just hard to do. Yeah, no, that's, that hits, yeah, that hits for sure. I think we really undervalue faithfulness. I think we have a culture both in the church and in the world where it's all about being radical and being crazy and it's, you know, viral videos. Do something wild and go viral. You know, it's just kind of this. Interesting. We, we value being outside the box and different, um, which in, in a lot of ways is really good. You know, it mm -hmm. can cause people to come out of their shell, but I think we really don't value faithfulness and we don't value people just being in there and being persistent. Um, I think, and even I've, I've been around a lot of ministry schools. I served on staff at a ministry school for a few years and you'd have people come who, it's amazing, you know, but we, we kind of even in the church have this ministry hopping mindset, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, I went to this ministry school and this ministry school and served here and went here and did this and did that and now I'm here. And it's amazing things, right? It's like, well, everything you mentioned is great, but my question mm -hmm. is, where are you rooted? Mm -hmm. You know, like nothing grows fruit if it's not rooted. Right. You don't just have this like, you don't just be carrying around a branch that's popping off fruit when it's not connected to anything. Right. And so there comes this place where you, I think you need to walk out the word the Lord's given you. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if the Lord's called you to something, walk it out. And, and it may not look flashy. It may not look crazy, but it's actually walking in faith. I, I, faith full. Mm-hmm. Like, faithful. What does it mean to be full of faith? Faithfulness. Yeah. And I think we have this culture where... So, like, say if someone works one job for 30 years, you could say, oh, they're, like, they're faithful. And they are. But people can also work the same job for 30 years because they have no vision and because they're just complacent. Mm -hmm. And so, if someone's at a job for 30 years and they're just, they feel dead the whole time maybe they're not being faithful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? But someone, could, the, someone else could work the same job for 30 years because the Lord's called them to it, and they right. know that's what they're called to, and they're walking in faithfulness. Right. So it's really a matter of the voice of the Lord yeah. and His perspective and His leading. And, and you, know, you mentioned you know, ministry hopping. I think church hopping is a, is a big issue as well. And... I think one of the reasons people have a hard time being faithful is they don't understand covenant. Mm. You know, covenant looks like all of me giving to all of you and all of you giving to all of me. First wow. and foremost starts covenant with the Lord, yeah. but then he calls us to walk in covenant with believers. Yeah. That it, it is a, we are walking in the new covenant. And I think mm. so many people, they come into churches, but they put their hand on the back door yeah. waiting for it to get hard, which right. let me promise you, <laughs> let me tell you something. There's not a perfect church. Yeah. And as a spiritual father of mine mentioned recently, he says, and if you found a spiritual uh, perfect uh, church, as soon as you got there, it wouldn't be perfect anymore. <laughs> and so That's the truth right there. Right? And yeah, so that's good. We, we think really sometimes good. like, 
Like you're not <laughs> going to be able to endure the imperfections of your church, your pastor, your church leadership. If you always have your hand on the back door because it gets hard because, well, I see a flaw here. I mm. see a flaw there. Like being yeah. faithful doesn't have anything to do with people being perfect. No. And yeah. it being perfect and life being perfect. It looks like you're doing it unto the Lord. And so you can actually submit yeah. to leaders who may or may not be perfect as unto the Lord until God releases you. Right. Right? Like yeah. Joseph That's was good. called to Potiphar until... God released him. Yeah. You know, he was called to Pharaoh. Mm. And Pharaoh wasn't a perfect moral picture of, <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever, of godliness. And so yeah. I think this is a big thing is that we, we sit on this high moral standard and we justify mm. unfaithfulness yeah. because of what we experience. And so maybe speak to that some, like where you see, see that and what can we do to like befriend faithfulness? Because I mentioned this like, to befriend faithfulness or to feed on it requires some measure of effort right. in, in pursuit on our part. Like yeah. faithfulness doesn't just happen. Mm-mm. You don't just wake up and you're just all of a sudden faithful. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, bef- befriending faithfulness, I'm like, who is, who is the most faithful person? It's Jesus. Mm. And so I think when you befriend him, you can walk like him. Mm. And when you get in union with him, if my church has problems... I'm not going to leave because my church has problems because Jesus is my source. And I can say, and here's, what, here's actually the ironic thing about it. If I feel called to, you know, raise up a community of passionate people who are following after the Lord, right? And if at my church, if I'm saying there's no community here, so I'm leaving. Well, in the natural, that could make sense. But if we're faithful and understanding the Lord, it's like, wait. This is where I walk out my calling. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I think a lot of times, if we're not befriending faithfulness, we actually, the very thing we're called to is the very thing that we, like, we'll find a lack of where we are yes. because we're supposed to bring it. Yes. And so I think that that, when, you, when you're understanding faithfulness and when you understand the Lord is faithful to you, mm. And you're, I'm not, I'm not coming to my church or even my friends, you know, it can be the same thing at your job. If I have a horrible boss, I'm not needing my boss to be Jesus to me because I know Jesus. Right. It's like, I can, I can put up with my boss and actually love him, even though it's really hard because I understand that I'm loved. Right. And it allows you to be faithful because if not, you'll be tossed to and fro. Right. Because it's about who, who people are to you that changes where you are and what you do. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. And so something we talk about in that vein, and just to paint a picture, I think, for, for you guys listening and watching, you know, we talk a lot about design and God's design mm. and, and nature. And, you know, we'll be driving by and we'll see this giant oak tree or yeah. something. We're like, hey, what has that been doing the last 40 years? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, we, and we laugh, but we're like, it's just been faithfully abiding yeah. where God planted it. Mm. And, and it's majestic now. Right. But it's only majestic because it did the same thing for 80 years. And like now, 80 years later, you look at this thing, a big live oak tree with the trunk and there's birds, it produces Mm. shade. 
people drive by it, they take pictures with it, they're right. like, and it's bearing all this fruit. Right. And we celebrate the fruit and we're like, I want that fruit. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that that, that fruit requires a level of, of death, of patience, yeah. of steadfastness. And I think there's something, you mentioned the viral, the viral nature of the mm. culture we live in. I think there's this appetite where, you know, the Bible says an inheritance quickly gained in the beginning will not last. Right. Something to that effect. Yep. And the idea is this, is you could be a flash in the pan. You could put out a message or a video or something like in your life, whatever the calling is, start a business, it's super successful. And, and, if, and if that inheritance comes quickly and it, there's no root system, mm. then it'll, it'll flee as quickly as it came. Right. And so my, my desire is to like inspire steadfastness, like yeah. where the people would actually go, man, I want to be hungry mm. to find my calling, to right. hear the voice of the Lord, and then yeah. to full on give myself over to it. Um, and I, you know, I'll just share this because I think sometimes people can hear this and go, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm working this, what feels like a dead end job, but mm-hmm. I feel like God's called me here. Right. I want to just paint a quick picture, and I'm sure you have a similar um, story, but like, I believe by the grace of God, He's taught me to be faithful to my call and to His voice. It's really mm-hmm. faithfulness to His voice, right? Yeah. And I have over the last 20 years, I have, I went from a professional soccer player to a paralegal at a law firm to a coffee shop barista to a coffee shop owner to a pastor. Uh, at a local church, yeah. <laughs> to uh, starting my own nonprofit, to an author, mm. to now a, a speaker, yeah. to like, and and there's been this journey that's been mm. very circuitous, but the the same consistency is the voice. Mm. And yeah. I want to tell you how many times I wanted to pull the parachute on my law office job or right. pull the parachute on the coffee job because it wasn't bringing me life. I wasn't mm. being fulfilled. Yeah. And I knew my calling was to preach the gospel, run with the gospel, but there were years where that calling had to take a back seat to the process. Right, yeah, I think that's normal. I think, I mean, think about a single Bible character that got a promise and it happened that day. Like, yes. <laughs> I can't even think of a single one. They're all like, you know, Abraham gets the promise in how many years before it happens? It. And he, well, it actually says in Hebrews, Abraham died without seeing the promise, you know? Right. And there's so many. Joseph, you know, he has the dreams. And there's just, yeah, it, that's the process of it. And this is the prophetic word for those listening. I, and I feel it. As we're talking now, I feel the Lord. I feel the anointing. I feel like the Lord is saying this. And you're a great picture of this, which is why I think the Lord had us together today. There's promises over your life mm. that you're seeing some of them and there's many that you've yet to see. Yeah. And for many of you, I think you have these promises and so you get pregnant. And it's the most precious, sacred thing inside of you. Like, man, I feel called. I'm burning to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's from the Lord. I've gotten right. this prophetic word and that prophetic word. But listen, God has you in an environment mm. that is actually shaping your moral character wow, and, your, and your Christ-likeness and your humility that, that really yeah. has to precede That's good. you inheriting the promise. Because if you don't go through the process and you just try to pull the parachute or, or well, let me just go find some other place that will acknowledge my promise, right. you'll go around the mountain again and again and again. And I feel the encouragement to you is to be faithful 
to be steadfast, to submit your life, to let your roots go deep. Yeah. And that thing that you're offended by, that thing that's causing you all the pain, I really feel like God's going to use the environment that you're in when you just take your hand off the door, mm-hmm. you put your roots in and wow. go, man, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to serve someone else's vision. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to bless someone else because the greatest among you shall be your servant. Wow. And so listen, I, and I feel I'm talking like a dad now. Yeah, this is good. Come like, on. I feel like if you, if, if all I'm hearing about is what you're called to do, mm. but you're in an environment where you're actually need to use your anointing to serve what someone else is called to do, and that's the season God has you in, man, just give yourself over to it. I want to bless you to be patient, to be steadfast, that your life is in God's hands. Listen, David was shepherding sheep, and he mm. was anointed king. Yeah, He was doing the most. He wasn't respected. No one saw who he was. No one recognized the great anointing in him. Only God saw that man of God. Yeah. And God has a way of taking his anointed and exalting them to a high place. Quickly. Yes. Like when the, when the heart is ready. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's so many suddenlies in the Bible, all these suddenlies, but it's like this process and then suddenly. How many years was he on the backside of the wilderness with sheep? Right. No one knew his name. And it's not about knowing, knowing your name. He was just faithful to do what called, mm-hmm. God called him to do. Right. And that actually prepared him for what he was ultimately do, which would, right. would be king over Israel and man after God's own heart and the lineage of the Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's this amazing uh, principle. And so I think my heart is really to awaken people's hearts to the beauty and the supernatural power in being faithful to the voice of God, wow, no matter how mundane or ordinary it looks. And so what would you say, though, if you were going to exhort someone or just speak to someone in that environment, they're in a place and it feels like they're being crushed mm. and they're like, man, but I'm called to do this. Like, speak to them because I know they're out there. I talk to them a lot. Yeah. I'm sure you do <laughs> I as do well. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah, my exhortation would just be that roots are more valuable than fruits. Mm-hmm. That like, you really, nothing grows without being rooted. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when you look at a tree, when you look at anything, you don't see the roots. If you know that they're there, well, maybe you know that they're there. They're there. I want to tell you, there's roots there, but you don't see it. And so other people may not see what's being grown in you, like what the roots that are being birthed in your heart, but that's what causes you to grow. And even, I'm, I'm really fascinated by nature and even seasons. And I remember there was one time it was in the middle of winter and I went out and I was looking over and there's just these trees and there's no leaves. And the Lord was like, are these trees dead? Hmm. They sure look dead, you know? And the Lord was like, they're not dead. They're just, you don't see their leaves, but their roots are there hmm. and they're going to grow again. Yeah. And just that faithfulness of even seasons. And sometimes there have been times in my life when I felt like everything's ready, but the season's wrong. Mm. Like, I'm like, Lord, I'm ready. Like, it just seems like now's the time, but I know mm. that the season's wrong. And so there's even a thing of season and just faithfulness is, you said this earlier or in your, uh, the gospel perspective, but at the end, when we come home to heaven, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. That's huge. Yeah. There's so many other things 
that he could say. Yeah. There may be other things I'd rather him say, <laughs> if right. I'm being honest. Right. Yeah. Well done, good and fruitful servant. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what, that's, how I think, that's how I think it should go, right? Well yeah. done, good and fruitful. No. Right. Good and faithful. Right. Yeah. It's, it's sobering to think that that's the measuring stick of our praise and commendation from the Messiah wow. on the last day is faithfulness. Yeah. It's what's going to mark whether we were successful or not. Yeah. And, it's, and, and I think in closing, I think it's important to recognize if you study Hebrews 11 in the Hall of Faith, yeah. every single one of those that he acknowledged as having faith and being faithful to God, mm-hmm. it looked different. Yeah, like Rahab true. just welcomed people. That was her expression of faith. Right. Whereas Abraham sacrificed, mm-hmm. you know, was willing to sacrifice his son. Whereas, you know, Gideon conquered armies. Like, this isn't saying that what your life is going to look a certain way. It's about the voice of God and responding in faith to it and not comparing. Comparison will kill faithfulness. Because when you begin to compare, you start trying to steward someone else's calling. Yeah. Right? Thinking that that's what, oh, that's what I need to do. And it's like, no. And here's how I found, like, where I know what I'm called to do. We say this a lot. We use this lingo. It's kind of this Bible lingo, inside language. But I'm like, is there grace for it? What does Mm -hmm. that mean? It means, can you do it with a smile on your face? Yeah. Is it fun? Like, it does it bring you life? Like, Mm. are you hardwired to do this thing? And you know when you are because... It, there's a grace on it. Yeah. You just feel this like, oh. And I, I remember you have to get delivered from the fear of man, comparison to be faithful. There's so many little things, little foxes that try to get you away from what you're called to do. Oh, yeah. um, and I think even my, my wife, you know, like she is the most amazing mother, wife. She's, she's a scribe. She has so much like prophetic insight and understanding. But like, there's times where she's tempted, like, man, is being a mother, like, is this? Mm. And I'm like, yes, this is amazing, <laughs> this, this you know? Is it. Yeah, this yeah. is it. And so I yeah, think many people feel that way. And so, um, well, let's pray. Pray for them. Yeah. Um, man, this is a call to be faithful. This mm-hmm. is just us talking from our hearts, processing this. Yeah. Um, and listen, this is a journey. So if you find yourself, you're like, oh, man, I've been wandering. I've been unfaithful. Um, know that we serve a God of faithfulness and that there's new mercies for you today. Um, His grace is his empowerment, his divine ability to actually do what he's called us to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thanks for joining, man. Pray us out. Yeah, Lord, I thank you that you're faithful. Lord, you're faithful to us and you're faithful to what the Father gave you to do. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give us the spirit of faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray that we would have your value system for faithfulness. Would you show us how you value faithfulness? And Lord, I just pray for grace to be strength for each of the people listening and watching that are tempted to uproot themselves and to go be planted somewhere else because it seems like greener grass. And Lord, I just pray for um, Holy Spirit that you would remind us and strengthen us with the promises that you've said over us that we wouldn't be tempted to go to the left or to the right. But Lord, I just pray for faithfulness and patience and steadfastness. Lord, would you just give us hearts that are steadfast? And Lord, I do, I pray for the fear of man to be broken off, the fear of 
um, not fulfilling potential to be broken off, all of those things, Lord, that we would, we would look to you and find in you are all in all. Yes. And Lord, we thank you for it and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Be faithful. Amen. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We love you so much. This is Heart Talk. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time. <laughs>